basketball the basketball segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james i'm joined once again by nate terry and mete what's up guys yo yo all right in today's episode uh we've got a lot to unpack here uh we'll just take a look at some of the different signings and trades around the nba just give our thoughts on those uh, and then we'll uh, t- each talk about a player that we really liked in the summer league uh, this year, I guess maybe talk a little bit about that. And then we'll just hop right into ranking our top 12 point guards for fantasy basketball. It's never too early to take a look at that. So we'll just give our thoughts on, I guess, where we see things in that area. So uh, let's just hop right into it. Uh, we'll start with the first signing. Uh, it's Josh Hart. He signed a three-year, $38 million deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, you know, it's just them, I guess, keeping a, a good, solid young player. Uh, Terry, I'll just get to you first. I guess, what's your thoughts on the signing? Uh, thoughts on the signing? Honestly, it's a great pickup for the Pelicans. I mean, he's going to be a key piece in the rotation for Enola in this upcoming year, especially with the absence of Lonzo Ball and probably a couple other guys off the bench. And with that being said, I mean, he's a great rebounding guard. Some nights you would see this guy averaging a double-double on the week. Uh, 10 10, sometimes 10 12. It's that one random guard that you don't expect to rebound so much, but he does it so efficiently where it's like another big man on the court. With that being said, I mean, uh, as I already said probably 30 seconds ago, great key rotation piece, and hopefully he evolves his game in the upcoming years in NOLA. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, they've lost a, a lot of guards, uh, Lonzo, Bledsoe, and others. Um, I guess, Nate, uh, I guess, how do you feel about the guard situation in New Orleans? Well, I think um, Josh Hart is listed as, listed as a shooting guard, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I guess maybe they might slide him over to point guard, although they do have, I think, three point guards already. So... Um, I guess it depends um, how they feel about Josh Hart versus the other players they have on the team already, I guess. Yeah, um, that definitely um, makes sense. They definitely got to see how they feel about uh, the other guards they have on the roster. But he was pretty solid last year, so I believe he can just keep growing in his role. Um, I guess speaking of Bledsoe, uh, Mete, let me just get to you. Uh, There was a pretty big trade that happened this week. Uh, The Clippers acquiring Bledsoe from the Grizzlies for Pat Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel uh, Oturu. And um, I guess just what are your thoughts on that trade? Yeah, I mean, I think this trade freed up cap space for the Clippers, so that's good for them. But honestly, I think it's not the greatest trade for them, like I've been saying. Uh, I think Bledsoe, he's been more of an average guard ever since he left Phoenix. Uh, so I think his value isn't great right now. He has a pretty fat contract too. So yeah, I really think this was a bad trade for the Clippers. I like the fact that the Grizzlies get Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo. Those guys are going to be great for them off the bench. And even if they're having a rough year in the West, you are always know it's uh, tight. And I imagine they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot again like a low playoff seat. So yeah, at the trade deadline, if things aren't going too well, they could flip these guys for future assets. And I think it was a good move for the Grizzlies. And it looks like the Clippers take an L on this trade, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you mentioned flipping them. One of them already got flipped and that's Pat Beverly. Um, I guess I'll get to you, Terry, on this one. Um, the Grizzlies ended up flipping Pat Beverly to the Timberwolves for Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, I guess just what are your thoughts on that trade? You're looking at it from the T-Wolves side of the perspective. I mean, Patrick Beverly, he's not an efficient scorer or anything like that. He's just a defender. And we all know with the health concerns of D'Angelo Russell year in and year out, it's a nice piece that you can just add there as an insurance policy to where, okay, we're not, totally in the gutters yet yeah, at point guard. Uh, you still have Jordan McCullin, I believe, but honestly, he's more of a reserve 
in the resort role. So look at it from that perspective. And I believe Memphis acquired Juan Hernan Gomez and Jerry Culver, as you said, with Juan Hernan Gomez, hopefully he can fine tune his defensive game because he was considered a liability on the defensive side of the ball his, in his time in Minnesota. So hopefully Jaron Jackson Jr. can hope can hopefully help him with that aspect of his game. And with uh, the other piece, Jared Culver, I believe. Um, who else is in that backcourt right now? Grayson Allen, Desmond Bain, uh, Rajon Rondo, as you just mentioned earlier in the trade. And I believe John Morant. Uh, and that's not including their sharpshooter at shooting guard as well. So it's basically insurance policy uh, in case there is an injury concern. So good luck to Memphis. Yeah, you mentioned insurance policy. Nate, I guess I'll get to you on that. How do you feel about all this depth the Grizzlies have been getting? I mean, they shipped off Valanchunas and they got multiple players in return there. Then they ship off Bledsoe, they get multiple players. Then they ship off uh, Pat Beverly and they get multiple players. It seems like they're just acquiring a lot of depth. I guess, what do you think about that for the Grizzlies? I mean, depth is good, but um, there's kind of like a limit to how much depth you can add because at the end of the day, like the coach is only going to have like so many players on his rotation. So there's going to be like players who are like starving for minutes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, they might've added a few too many guards. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess it remains to be seen because there are guys that are going to want to get in uh, the rotation. Obviously uh, the rotation doesn't usually stretch outside of 10 men uh, for most games. So uh, it just depends. Um, I, I guess, uh, how they go about doing it. Um, it would have to be in case of injuries, I guess. Um, I guess I'll just move to the next topic of discussion. Um, speaking of guards, um, I guess uh, Lakers uh, free agent Dennis Schroeder assigned a one-year deal around $5.9 million, uh, with the Boston Celtics. Mete, I guess, what are your thoughts on this signing? Yeah, it's a solid signing as the Celtics look like they need a point guard right now. And Schroeder is definitely a solid point guard. I mean, it's not amazing or anything, but he'll definitely get the job done. And with the Celtics being so talented with guys like Tatum and Brown, I think it's going to be a good situation for him in Boston. And I think he'll have a solid year there. Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, it was a good signing in the fact that like uh, they needed a point guard. Kemba's gone and they had to replace him and they got Schroeder. I mean, at times last year, he was very productive. Obviously, that seems to be overshadowed, overshadowed by his playoff performance. But I mean, um, I think most of us can agree last couple of years, uh, you know, with OKC and then with um, being in the with the Lakers, he was pretty solid overall. Um, uh, maybe he was miscast a bit in LA. I don't know what the situation was there, but um, I guess, uh, Nate, what's your thoughts, uh, I guess, on Dennis Schroeder? Do you think he'll rebound uh, with the Celtics? I think he should be able to rebound with the Celtics. He's a good player, and the Celtics are already a good team. So, um, yeah, I think this is a good ad for the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, I agree with you as well. Um, yeah, he. Uh, he just seemed to to be, you know, um, one of those guys where um, I know there was rumors that the Lakers want to keep him. I don't know whether that's true or not. Some people said he wasn't even offered a contract by the Lakers, but uh, he, he might just have needed a fresh start. Um, so I guess he is getting that with Boston. And then uh, Terry, I guess for the last signing, I'll get to you. Uh, Marcus Smart uh, re-signing uh, with Boston. It's a four-year 71 point. 77.1 max deal. Um, I guess, what's your thoughts on them uh, resigning Smart? Uh, some Celtic fans might hate this deal just because of the fact that Marcus Smart may have hit his peak in his development. And with that being said, I mean, who knows? Uh, it seems like an interesting move. Uh, you always need that guard that, that can defend, whether it be off-ball or on-ball, and that's what Marcus Smart does at its finest. Uh, Sometimes if you look at the shooting guard position with the Boston Celtics currently, I mean, you got Chris Dunn. And it's up to your judgment how you want to judge him on his best nights and worst nights. And then you got Josh Richardson, where some people may say on his best night, he's a great 3 and D player. But on some nights, he shoots poorly. Uh, with Marcus Smart, I mean, you do have that clarity of, okay, you're going to be either coming off the bench or 
in the starting lineup on a night in night out basis with if my star like Jalen Brown needs some time off at shooting guard. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I feel like it's a great move, but the money in the third or fourth year, since there is no player option, might come back to bite Boston. But I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I think, like you said, he's a great defender, whether he's on the ball carrier or off. And I think that, yeah, uh, I guess if Boston wants to round their team out well, he's one of those guys that needs to, you know, remain with the team, needs to be signed there. So uh, we'll see if uh, how that contract works out, like you said, in the the last couple of years. But um, I guess uh, we can move on now to the summer league. Um, Let's just get into, I guess, one player that uh, I guess we really liked uh, from the summer league. I'll just talk about that. I'll start with you this time, Mete. Um, I guess who's one guy that sort of stood out for you in the summer league? Yeah, so my uh, standout player in the summer league, Alperen Sengun. He, uh, he's from Turkey, and I'm a big fan of his game. As he's a big man from Houston. He, out of four games played, he had 14.5 points per game. 10.8 rebounds a game. He even got 2.8 assists per game. So he does a he gets you assists as well. He also averaged 3.0 blocks, 1.3 steals. So he's a great defender as well. A uh, concern I had with him was his free throws were only he only shot 60% from free throws. So he's not the greatest free throw shooter yet, but he's a rookie and he's got plenty of time to improve that at what I also like about his game is at the center position, he can stretch the floor. He shot 37% from three. So, yeah, I think in Houston, their starting center could be Daniel Tice. And I think Shengun in the future, maybe even this season, could win that starting job there in Houston. Yeah, I mean, he looked really solid. Um, he was one of the most talked about uh, players from the summer league, uh, especially out of Houston. But uh, I'm going to go right back to the well with the Houston Rockets. I'm going to talk about Jalen Green. I mean, uh, he was just one of the, the standout players in the summer league. Um, he, he was pretty much in the top 10 um, in terms of points per game. He had 20.3 points per game. He shot an amazing 51.4% from the field uh, for a guard that that's pretty special. Um, and I mean, like he, he was just solid all the way through, obviously uh, 4.3 rebounds per game, two assists per game. Um, yeah. Um, he, he was just, he was never a liability when he was on the court. Uh, he showed off uh, his elite shooting ability. Um, just, just many different aspects of his game. And I, I think just watching him, um, uh, the fact that people are even questioning that he could he sh, he sh, like he potentially could have been the number one overall pick, uh, I think that that's pretty amazing as well. I feel like that Houston uh, is looking at a great young team uh, with the likes of those two players, and um, yeah, I, I it, it looks like he could be in the running as an early candidate for rookie of the year uh, heading into the twenty one twenty two season. So uh, Nate, I'll get to you next. I guess who's a standout player for you from the summer league? Um, I had a few, but I'll just talk about Peyton Pritchard. Um, he, I think he got 20, 20 points, um, 51% from the field, 57% from three, which is really good. Um, 5.7 rebounds, so almost six rebounds, 8.7 assists, two steals. So I think that's a really good um, stat line for someone from his uh, position. And I guess an interesting fact about him, apparently a couple of days ago, he scored 92 points in the Pro-Ham game, which I'm not sure how that's going to translate to the NBA, but just kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess playing anywhere, if you can score 92 points, uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. So, um, yeah, uh, pretty solid. Like you mentioned, he averaged around the same as uh, Jalen Green in terms of points per game. Um yeah, one thing I forgot to mention about Jalen Green is he played uh, less minutes uh, per game than everyone else ahead of him in scoring. So uh, he was one of the most efficient scorers in the summer league as well. But Peyton Pritchard wasn't far behind. So definitely uh, two solid players there. Uh, last one, Terry, I'll get to you. Uh, who's a guy who stood out for you in the summer league? Uh, Uzbekistan's Omir Stevenson. Uh, I believe he's a center from Uzbekistan, as I said. Turkish nationality as well, so meant to pick up to your country for that. Uh, I believe in this five games, whether it be in Las Vegas or in the 
California Classic Summer League, uh, 22 points, 11 rebounds, one and a half assists, one steal, plus the two and a half blocks. I mean, he was really aggressive in any of the games I watched. Honestly, he was always begging for the ball, which kind of explains why he only shot 48% from the field. Uh, it is reasonable, especially since you're just trying to show all the scouts and managers what you are to the team. And honestly, he's, how should I summarize it? He's basically a guy that you round out your rotation with, whether he's 13th man, 12th man. He's going to be great on the Miami Heat team if they do sign him. Currently, I believe last year he was on the Oklahoma State Blue. Yeah, for sure. Um, four solid players. There were so many standouts. We didn't even mention guys like Cam Thomas, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Obi Toppin, and others. Um, yeah, there were just so many solid players. Um, but yeah, uh, Summer League, uh, it was great to see a lot of the young talent out there uh, really showing out. And yeah, it's going to be great, I guess, for all the young players in the NBA this year. Um, I guess now we can just move into our, um, I guess, fantasy rankings. Uh, it's an early look at our top 12 for point guards. Um, I guess, uh, Terry, let me start with you. Um, I guess, number one, who's your number one? Honestly, I got to go with Stephen Curry. I mean, uh, this does translate from last year's uh, regular season performance, but he's just been killing it for how many years now? And honestly, I don't think there is a any other better option at point guard than Stephen Curry? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm actually going to go with Steph Curry at number one as well. Obviously, the elite, um, I guess, shooting percentage, three points made, all these are categories, um, free throws, anything that's a percentage, uh, you can count Steph Curry to be in, in elite territory for that. I mean, assists as well, points. Sky can drop 50 pieces any game, uh, any given night. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll just cover the board. I know rebounds might be a little bit questionable, but other than that, I guess rebounds and blocks uh, a little bit questionable, but other than that, if he's covering the other seven categories for you pretty efficiently, then I think that he's probably the best point guard in my mind. But I guess, Mete, what do you think? Who's your number one? My number one is actually Luka Doncic. Uh, I'll explain why. I think for leagues, especially ours, uh, we play in a rotation league sorry not rotation league uh categories league and so i uh i like to pick players that give me multiple uh category coverage so for me luca is that guy i mean he averages 27.7 points eight rebounds 8.6 assists a game and he's the number one option in dallas uh he's got great potential he's only 22 and i usually kind of like to Played a little risky, uh, draft the younger guys, uh, project breakouts. So, yeah, I feel like Luca, he could be in for an MVP year, especially if Porzingis leaves. And yeah, the main concerns I have about Luca though is his free throw shooting isn't the greatest. He only averages 73% for his career, and uh, four turnovers a game is kind of high, but. I mean, he's got plenty of time to fix those up. All right. And I think, Nate, um, I don't know. Do you agree with us? Do you agree with Mete? Or do you have someone else at number one? Um, I kind of um, like Mete's pick um, with Luka Doncic. Um, he has a lot of uh, versatility. And I feel like that's kind of important, I guess, for drafting like a number one guard, if that makes sense, because he can uh, do so much. I think Mete mentioned the points, rebounds, assists, but he also averages a steal a game, which I think is also pretty important. Um, yeah, you want to be able to get your steals as well. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I have Luca at number two. I absolutely agree with all your points. I just don't see him as my number one. Um, like you guys said, um, uh, you mentioned points per game, rebounds, assists. Uh, obviously he covers that. Uh, like you said, his percentages aren't as good. Um, his turnovers aren't as good as uh, Steph Curry either. So that's why I'm kind of, you know, a little bit lower on him. I have him at number two. Um, I guess, Terry, do you have Luca at number two or who do you have as your number two? Honestly, I have to bump Luca to three. I put Dame at two. Uh, if I wanted a guy that shot 73% from charity stripe, I would have picked up a center if that's the case. So 
when I usually look for my point guards, I'm looking for assists, uh, charity strike percentage being up. And honestly, after that, if I get maybe a steal a night out of him, I'm probably blessed. So I got to put Dame at two just because he's been doing it for so long. All right, Matty, who's your number two? My number two is Stephen Curry. I mean, you guys already talked about him. He led the league in points last season. He's the number one option in Golden State. He had a crazy second half of the season last year. So we already know what he can do. Uh, and Clay is returning this season. So that should help his assist numbers. He only had 5.8. But like I said, Clay returning, I think his assist numbers go up as well this season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nate, what about you? Do you have Steph Curry or do you have someone else? Um, I was trying to, I guess, pick between either Lillard or Curry. Like Curry is obviously has higher scoring numbers, higher percentages, but um, I think Lillard has a higher assist rate and his steals aren't too far off from Steph Curry. So I think I might have to go with Lillard. And then you said you have Steph Curry at number three? Yeah. And then um, I guess, Terry, getting to you, you said you had Lillard at number three. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? No, I had Lillard at two. I put Luca at three. And then your it's thoughts because, on Luca, I guess. Uh, Luca, don't get me wrong. He's going to be the future of the league. Uh, no one's going to disrespect him on that. I just feel like if his charity stripe number was a little bit more up, I would have took him as my point guard. But as I said, with Dame, uh, his charity stripe number is up and – if I was looking for a guy that shot 75 from Charity Stripe, I would have went with the center, you know what I mean? Yeah, I also have Lillard at number three, um, and I'm just assuming he stays in Portland, obviously, because if he goes to another team that maybe has a few more options, then maybe his efficiency goes down a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I like Lillard for all the things you guys mentioned, good percentages, good assist numbers. Uh, he gets uh, some steals as well. Uh, he's just a great guard overall. Um, he's definitely a guy that, like you said, um, uh, I think uh, someone said that you, I think it was Nate, you said that, mm -hmm. oh, you could see uh, his stats going up over Steph Curry next year. And um, I don't see it going that high, but I definitely like, uh, I guess, the, the way he's headed for next season. Um, I guess I'll just get to number four now. Uh, Mete, getting to you, who's your number four? My number four is LeBron James, but uh, I believe you didn't ask me my number three, so I'll add tell you guys really quick I have James Harden at number three I think the trade to Brooklyn really helped him actually he really improved his efficiency numbers at Brooklyn we know he's not shooting 20 times a game now since he's not in Houston and he's not the number one option but he still puts up great numbers 24.6 assist uh, points a game sorry 7.9 rebounds a game and 10.8 assists a night so the main concerns I had with him, like I said, he's probably the number three scoring option behind Kyrie and KD, but and he averaged four turnovers a game, which is kind of high. All right, and you mentioned uh, number four. Um, I guess just break down why you feel like LeBron James should be ranked in the point guards. Yeah, uh, of course. So LeBron, I think having him at point guard is a cheat code. I mean, on Yahoo and ESPN, he's point guard eligible I think he was actually point guard shooting guard small forward and power forward eligible on Yahoo or uh, ESPN one of the two and I mean just having that four pos position eligibility is huge uh, we already know what he's uh, what he can do he's been playing for so long I think he's entering year 18 so I think the Lakers stacking up talent is going to be really nice for him in terms of his assists, uh, signing guys like Melo, Westbrook, Dwight Howard. I think it's going to help his assists per game, and he's still a top two scoring option there. So, yeah, I don't see LeBron slowing down, even though he's heading into age 37 season, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Nate, uh, let me just get to you. Um, I guess, who's your number four? And I guess, why do you see them at number four? Um, originally, I had, I had Chris Paul, but I think I'm going to put Trey Young as number four. Um, I guess because Trey Young has um, higher volume, if that makes sense. Um, I think he's, uh, he's been scoring um, more than Chris Paul, and he's had um, a higher assist rate as well. 
he does have, I think, a higher turnover rate, and he doesn't have as many steals. So I guess that's something to take in, into consideration. All right, and um, I'll just move to you, Terry. Um, it looked like you had something you wanted to say about LeBron James. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on him? I guess just being in the rankings, and I guess who would be your number four? Uh, don't get me wrong, I we all know LeBron's been one of those guys that can facilitate, but I just don't treat him as a point guard per se. I mean, think about who's point guard on the Lakers currently. Uh, we all know who's the head coach, Frank Vogel or something like that. At the end of the day, Frank Vogel ain't going to rank two players at point guard for the starting lineup for tonight's game. So that being said, I just don't consider LeBron that. He's still a small forward in my mind. Uh, at four, I got to put Kyrie Irving. Guy just put up a 50-40-90 season, even though it's on a stacked team. Percentages still matter in the NBA. I believe he had, I don't know how much points, six, uh, 29 points, probably around like six assists, something like that. And just with the percentages alone, I have to rank him up there uh, at number four. Yeah, um, I guess in terms of LeBron, um, it's it's most likely possible that they will remove his point guard eligibility. But I guess while he's still ranked as a point guard from last year, um, some of you guys uh, just want to, I, I guess, just uh, share where you might have him in your rankings. But um, I guess my number four is going to be James Harden. I agree with all the things that Mete said about him. Um, I guess just being one of the better scorers on Brooklyn. I know there's other options there. I get it. I know, Terry, you like Kyrie better in that situation, but I just feel like James Harden's pretty much the guy that you want in fantasy. Um, he's just such an efficient scorer. Um, Assist-wise, he gets assists as well. His percentages have always been really solid. Although he might not have uh, the, the defense. I know he gets clowned for his defense a lot, but... Uh, He's definitely gotten better over the years, and um, it is possible that he'll generate a steal here and there. So I definitely think that he um, is going to be solid. Obviously, that Brooklyn team's had a hard time staying healthy, so there are going to be times where he will be on the court by himself. So uh, you can pretty much guarantee he's going to put up top-end numbers for sure. Um, I guess just uh, getting to number five, uh, Mete, I'll get back to you. Who's your number five? Yeah, so I have Damian Lillard at five. Uh, number one scoring option in Portland, like we all know. Uh, it's got tremendous numbers, 28.8 points per game, 4.2 rebounds a game, and 7.5 assists a game. I have him kind of lower because I know he's a number one option, but I feel like the guys over him provide better uh, versatility, like grabbing rebounds, more efficient, things like that. So, yeah, whether it's solid, but... I think number five is good is good for him. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I know some of us had Lillard ranked a little bit higher. Obviously that could, um, it could change whether uh, he stays in Portland or he goes to another team. Um, I guess, Nate, uh, number five, uh, what are your thoughts? Who's the guy you have there? I guess um, might be a controversial pick. So I guess I put Chris Paul at five. Um, mainly because of his efficiency and his really high um, assist rate. Yeah, um, Chris Paul, he, he's led the league in assists multiple times. Uh, you usually averages close to 10 assists per game. Um, yeah, he's always solid. Like you mentioned, percentage-wise, also really solid. Definitely a good option. Uh, I'll just bounce it to you, Terry. Uh, number five, uh, who do you have? Ray Young, way better than Chris Paul, honestly. Uh 25 points, nine and a half assists. Honestly, he's just been killing it ever since he entered the league. Uh, don't really need to explain it that much. 88 from Charity Stripe. Unfortunately, he shot 43 from field goal, but that was probably because he was chucking up a couple bad shots at the start of the season. But near the end, his efficiency was getting better. So just hopefully it translates into this upcoming year. And he's going to be a top five option at point guard. And... Honestly, if I was looking for rebounds, as I said earlier, with charity stripe numbers, I would have went with the center. Well, I mean, uh, Nate did have Trey Young over Chris Paul. So, I mean, he technically does agree oh, with shoot. you. But, <laughs> bad, yeah, but, yeah, no, he, he definitely agrees with you. 
I'm someone that doesn't agree with you, though. I, I have Russell Westbrook at number five. I know he's with the Lakers. I know people are talking about how he's not going to average his um, crazy numbers, whether it's a triple-double average over the season. But we know it's Russell Westbrook. We know he's going to do what he's got to do to get his triple-double. And whether that means LeBron takes a back seat uh, or whether that means Anthony Davis, uh, I don't, maybe he's not as efficient. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, Westbrook, whether he gets it or not, he's going to be pretty close. We all know that. Uh, that definitely warrants him a top five spot in my book. So I have him at number five. And yes, Terry, I will follow up on you by putting Trey Young at number six. I definitely agree with all of your points. I feel like that he uh, definitely deserves to be ranked among the top point guards, especially in fantasy. He's very efficient. He's a great shooter. Obviously, uh, turnovers has been an issue with him, but uh, I guess if he can improve in that area, he'll definitely... Um, he definitely has a chance to jump into that top five for me, but uh, Matty, I'll just get to you. Who's your number six. Yeah. I also have Trey Young at six. I mean, I agree with you guys as well. Number one scoring option in Atlanta. He had a great playoff run uh, leading Atlanta to the Eastern conference finals. No one expected that. So yeah, that was amazing from them. And yeah, like you guys said, I do have a concern with his turnovers as I owned him in one of my leagues and some nights he could even hit double digits. So it is a concern, but he's only 22 years old. So sky's the limit for him as well. He's got great potential. Yeah, I definitely like uh, Trey Young. Um, he's been solid in fantasy for the last couple seasons, at least. Uh, definitely a solid option for point guard. Um, I guess just getting to you, Nate. Um, give me your number six, and uh, who do you got? I guess that number six is going to be kind of tough. Um, I was wondering if I should put Westbrook there, but I'm not sure about his um, his role on the Lakers yet, so I decided to, I guess, go with um, Kyrie. Uh, I guess because he, he averaged, I guess, almost 27 points, 4.8 rebounds, 6 assists. He has uh, good percentages. He gets 1.4 steals, and his uh, turnovers are less than Westbrook's. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from with Kyrie. Uh, Terry, getting to you, uh, who's your number six? Well, six, I got to put Ben Simmons. Uh, you can talk all you want about him not making more shots, but I feel like with all the hate he's getting this offseason, it's going to help him improve as a player. Uh, we all know his the size and the frame that he has as a point guard, 6'11", probably around, what, 240, 250, something like that. And I got to put him at six just for that. He can probably average you a triple-double if he puts his mind to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nate, I'm going to agree with you. I have Kyrie at number seven. I have him around where you have him. Um, for all the reasons you guys mentioned, I believe, Terry, you said 50, 40, and 90 in terms of percentages. That's really solid. Obviously, the points per game and the assists per game are also really solid. The question is about just him being on the court, I guess, uh, his activities outside of basketball, how that affects it as well. Uh, just different things might have put him a little bit lower for me, could have maybe cracked my top five, but um, he's still a solid option overall if you're drafting him. Uh, definitely, um, I guess, someone to look out for as maybe the top point guard on your team, I guess, just heading into next season. All right, Metti, I'll get to you for your number seven. Uh, who do you have at seven? Yeah, so someone you guys haven't said yet, Shagil, just Alexander, another guy I'm predicting a, a thing on. What's it called? Uh, breakout year. Breakout year, yeah, thank you. Uh, number one scoring option in Oklahoma, 23.7 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 5.9 assists. He's got great versatility, like I keep saying, and... I like the fact that he's 23 years old, so he's improving every season and he might get even better this year. Yeah, definitely a surprising pick. Um, I actually don't even have him in my top 12, but like you said, you are projecting a breakout year, so that's definitely understandable. Uh, Terry, getting to you, who's your number seven? I think Westbrook at seven. Uh, even though he's a third option, I still feel like Brody's going to have that mentality of driving at a million miles per hour uh with that being said somehow he's going to average like a low-end triple double and that's all i got in my mindset at seven 
Yeah, I I told you I was feeling the exact same thing about Westbrook. I I couldn't have him outside my top five, but that's just me. Uh, Nate, getting to you, who's your seventh uh, on your list? So my seventh is also Westbrook um, for similar reasons to Terry. I mean, he averaged a triple-double, so he's going to find a way to, to do it. It's just that um, how he's going to do it on the Lakers is just kind of like a question for me. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you at eight. Do you have Westbrook or do you have someone else? No, actually, I don't have Westbrook until 12. But for eight, I have Fred Van Vliet. I mean, he's going to be the number one scoring option in Toronto this season, especially with Siakam being hurt. I think he's going to miss around five months. So, and Lowry's go, uh, gone, gone to the Miami Heat. So, yeah, it's looking like a great year for Van Vliet is in store. I think he's going to break out. Like I said, he averaged 19.6 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 6.3 assists. And I think the assists will increase as Lowry's gone. He should be the primary ball handler in Toronto. The only concern I have with him is his efficiency isn't the greatest. He averaged 39% uh, percent field goal last season. So his uh, efficiency is going to be have to be better this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, Terry, uh, I know you had Ben Simmons higher than Westbrook, but I feel like he's a poor man's Russell Westbrook. I feel like all of his stats are just a little bit lower than than Westbrook. So um, maybe some of the percentages like field goal might be a bit higher than Westbrook. But um, yeah, I'm going to have Ben Simmons at, at number eight. Uh, just for all those reasons, I have to put him under Westbrook. I feel like, like in terms of points, uh, rebounds, assists, uh, he he doesn't get to triple double usually, but uh, he's just slightly under. So I would have him a bit under Westbrook. Obviously, he won't get three pointers for you. Uh, his uh, free throw percentage has come into question um, a lot of these years. Um, but in terms of uh, defense, he'll get blocks, he'll get steals. So that's very beneficial for fantasy as well. Um, his turnovers have been an issue. So um, that's another category you definitely have to question. So I feel like there's less question marks with Westbrook. So I have Ben Simmons uh, down at number eight. But I guess, Terry, uh, what's your opinion for number eight? Who do you have? Give me DM Fox. Uh, number one option on Sacktown. 25 points, like give or take seven or eight assists. I mean, Chetty Stripe numbers kind of iffy and then like his field goal number around 47 so i'll take that uh outside of that i mean he's going to give you points he's going to give you those assists he gives you a steal and a half a night uh you got to appreciate those because sometimes steals is that tough category to find someone that can consistently give you it night in night out without looking for those specialized players that just give you those steals like uh What's his name on the sixes? Not Halliburton. Uh, Matisse Steibel. That's the guy I'm thinking about. You're not looking for those type of specialists just yet in the top 12. So I got to go with Fox on that. Can probably give you two steals a night this upcoming year. All right. And uh, back to you, Nate. Um, who's your uh, eighth ranked player for point guards? I also have uh, De'Aaron Fox as number eight. Um, he's a great scorer. Um, yeah, he's a great scorer. He gets a lot of steals. Yeah, he's a great overall player. Yeah, um, I've noticed you and Terry seem to be on a similar wavelength. I definitely like that. You guys definitely are forward thinkers when it comes to point guards. But um, yeah, uh, getting to number nine, I'll get to you, Mete. Uh, who's your ninth? Yeah, so another breakout projection, LaMelo Ball at nine. I mean... <laughs> he's coming off an amazing oh, rookie good. season. Good. Uh, I get Chino Hill's number two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, now that Devontae Graham's gone, he's going to be the starter guaranteed. I know he started off as the sixth man, but yeah, with Devontae Graham out of the picture, he should be a starter. And his numbers might not be great right now. 15.7 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, 6.1 assists, but He's only 19 years old and another guy with unreal potential. So, yeah, LaMelo Ball is my ninth best point guard going into the season for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you two are forward thinkers. Mete is thinking really far into the future. But uh, I think I'm going to take a little bit of a step back here. At number nine, I have Chris Paul. 
Um, for all the reasons Nate mentioned, I don't have him as high as Nate, obviously, which is why I have him at nine. But yeah, the assists uh, is uh, league leading worthy at uh, for a lot of years, especially uh, for Chris Paul. I guess just being in that Phoenix offense, it was very productive last year. Um, he'll be um, averaging um, double digit point totals and he could average double digit assist totals as well. Shooting percentages have always been solid for him. Uh, free throw line field goals been solid steals he's gotten steals as well um he's just really solid um definitely a guy uh people might shy away from because of his age uh in dynasty leagues i understand but in redraft leagues you can't be shying away from him he should be a uh, starting point guard for you um in fantasy definitely a top 12 player in my eyes so i have him at number nine but i guess terry who's your number nine and i agree with you on this one for once uh, i gotta go with cp3 if you actually round it up his percentages he Basically did the same thing as Kyrie, did a 50-40-90. Uh, as you said, could average double digits assists. He gives you those steals, and he also gives you those low-end points since he is that third option in the Phoenix offense. So got to like him as my top 10 point guard currently. Yeah, um, I guess just bouncing to you, Nate, uh, who's your nine? So I guess I have a little bit of, the, of a departure. I put on Donovan Mitchell at nine. Um, He's another great player. Uh, I think he got 45% from the field, 86% from three from the free throw line. Uh, 21 points, five rebounds, basically six assists, basically a steal a game. Um, two turnovers only. So, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I believe uh, in a lot of leagues, he does have point guard eligibility. So um, I uh, definitely think that he... Um, is eligible for the list, so definitely a, a great player there. Um, I guess uh, for number 10, um, I'll, I'll get to you, Terry, this time um, to start. Uh, who's your guy at number 10? I go to Indiana for this one, Malcolm Brogdon. 21 points, probably. He won't give you the high assists like the guys ahead of him on the list. Probably averages like five assists, five rebounds, plus like his, I would say, average uh, field goal, charity stripe, and three-point numbers. With that being said, I mean, he is kind of like that underrated option when he is healthy on the Indiana Pacers team, especially when before Sabonis ended up breaking out at that center or the big man position. And with that being said, uh, I feel like it's going to be under the radar year for Brogdon for whoever drafts him, and then they'll be appreciative of when he is healthy. Last year, he only played 56, 57 games out of the, what was it, 72. And it's not bad since only, what, nine, nine players actually played the whole 72. So just take those underrated moments you get with Brogdon in fantasy. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brogdon, definitely a solid option at the guard position. Uh, I'll bounce to you, Mete. Um, who do you like there at number 10? Yeah, this might be controversial for you guys again. Uh, number 10, I have John Morant, another young guy, number one option in Memphis, uh, 19 points a game, four rebounds, 7.4 assists. I keep saying potential, 22-year-old, uh, so he's definitely got potential, high over, uh, number two pick a couple years ago in the draft. So, yeah, he's in a great situation i think in memphis to have a great fantasy year yeah definitely john moran has all the tools um to experience a breakout obviously you're projecting a lot of breakouts so he's definitely one of the guys that should be on people's radar if they're looking for breakout uh players especially at the guard position uh but nate i guess just getting to you who's uh, your 10th player well i guess i also have uh john Morant. Uh, i think he got 19 points and seven assists and he gets almost a steal a game. So, yeah. Yeah, straight to the point. Uh, another uh, another person, uh, uh, Nate, uh, that thinks that uh, John Morant's going to break out. Um, I guess for number 10, I'll go in a different direction. I guess slightly agreeing with Matt. I know you had Fred Van Vliet a little bit higher. I have him at number 10. I agree with everything you said about him being the top scoring option in Toronto. Um, I think he's shown that um, getting threes, um, I guess his, his point totals, his assist totals, um, uh, steals as well. Um, he's just really solid in all those key areas. And that's great for fantasy, especially in categories 
Uh, definitely a guy that could go off for uh, 20 plus points a night, um, maybe even 25 plus points a night. Uh, uh, I guess in terms of a breakout, uh, he's definitely one of the guys you should be looking for at the point guard position. Um, and uh, Terry, I'll just move to you. Uh, number 11, uh, who do you have? I'm going to rank Ja a little bit lower. Don't get me wrong, he's a top 12 point guard. It's just that Chetty Stripe numbers kind of scare me a little bit for him. What, 72, 73, around there, give or take. His point total is probably going to go up, but I feel like Brogdon's consistent touch at the Chetty Stripe is going to keep him above Jod's current NBA season or upcoming NBA season. Yeah, current. Yeah. Oh, my God. Current upcoming NBA season. <laughs> upcoming <laughs> upcoming NBA season. Thank you. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh, you you keep mentioning Malcolm Brogdon, so I'll just give my number 11. It is Malcolm Brogdon. All the points you made about him are valid. Um, I know um, back when he was with, I believe it was the Bucks. Uh, he wasn't really that guy um, at the guard position, but now uh, moving to the Pacers, he really seems like he is the guy there. Uh, he's one of the main options there, like you said, next to Sabonis. Um, I really think that all, all of his numbers, whether it's uh, three-point shooting, whether it's percentages, whether it's assists, whatever it might be, um, he's been really solid. Like you said, he's been underrated because of the amount of games he didn't play last season. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a guy, if you draft him, uh, you can definitely put a lot of stock in him because he's going to be really solid uh, for the upcoming year. Um, but Nate, let me get to you. Um, who's your number 11? I think for my number 11, I actually had uh, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, mainly because he had a little bit a less, less assists than uh, John Morant. So I guess as for the point guard, I'd rather have... Um, more assist and a little bit less points than having a lot of points and a little bit less assist, mainly because if you're looking at like earlier rounds, there's a lot of players who can score a lot of points. And I guess I'd like to say I kind of messed up with, um, I guess, Donovan Mitchell's numbers. I read Malcolm Brogdon's numbers instead. So, yeah. So basically you might even have Malcolm Brogdon ahead of Donovan Mitchell, or maybe if Mitchell's stats are better, you might, I guess, keep Mitchell in the same spot. Yeah. I think Mitchell had higher stats than Brogdon, so I'd keep him where he is. Yeah, I think uh, the reason I didn't have Donovan Mitchell is because uh, I categorized him as a shooting guard. I know some leagues he does have point guard eligibility, so um, I guess if you rank him as a point guard, that's okay. But um, I guess getting to you, Mete, who's your number 11? Yeah, so number 11, I have Kyrie Irving. I know it might be kind of late as... I think all three of you already named him. So what I'm thinking is at this point of Kyrie's career, he's already at his peak. And what you're going to get from him is 27 points a game, only 4.9 rebounds, six assists. So his assists, rebounds aren't that great, but his efficiency is great. I mean, he's the number two scoring option in Brooklyn, which kind of scares me as well. But Outside of that, I mean, he's a great player. And if this wasn't a fantasy ranking and a skills ranking, I'd definitely have Kyrie higher than 11. But since it's fantasy, I have him at 11. Yeah, um, there are definitely question marks with him. Obviously, there's multiple times where he just took a pause in the season and he had uh, extracurricular activities outside of basketball that he had to attend to. So there's also that. I guess you have to bake into your expectation with him. And that's fine. Um, I guess I'll start with my number 12. Um, I could have gone a different, a few different ways here. I decided to go with Kyle Lowry from Miami Heat. Um, I, I think I just went that direction um, just because um, he's been a solid, uh, pretty much top 12 uh, point guard throughout his most of his career with Toronto. Um, I feel like, you know, all the options surrounding him, especially in championship year, uh, like uh, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, he was still very productive in fantasy. I feel like going to a team like Miami, where you got guys like Bam and Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson and others, he is surrounded by uh, great players, but he is going to play a starting role there. And he's definitely going to be productive um, percentages wise. He's always solid uh, three points. Uh, definitely uh, assists, steals. I mean, you're getting all the goods with a player like Kyle Lowry. Um, I know I'll get into guys that I didn't quite have making the list, but I guess for now, I'll just say that Kyle Lowry is my number 12. But yeah, Terry, let me get to you for yours. 
I go with the hometown boy in New York, Cardiac Kemba Walker. I mean, he moves from that Boston offense where he was, what, third or fourth option, and then he moves straight to New York offense where he's going to be expected to bring in the scoring capabilities uh, right behind Julius Randle. With that being said, I mean, he's probably going to average you, what, probably six assists, five rebounds, if he gets lucky with his rebounds bouncing his way. And the 19 points he averaged just this past season, I feel like he's going to surpass that tremendously. Probably around maybe 23, 24 points, give or take. I'm just predicting that. And that's just my honest opinion. I got Kemba Cardiac at 12. Well, I mean, uh, it's not something that we can't get on board with because obviously he was great when he was in Charlotte. He obviously put top, put up top 12 numbers when he was there. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, Nate, let me get to you. Who's your number 12? Well, I guess I also had uh, Kemba Walker at number 12. Uh, basically, for the reasons Terry said, I think he got 19 points, four rebounds, and five assists. So six assists is definitely doable, especially on a team like New York with a lot of scoring options. Yeah, you and Terry, like I said, are on the same wavelength today uh, for the most part. Uh, I definitely um, like all the things that you had to say about Kemba as well. Um, but I guess I'll finish off with you, Mete. Uh, who do you have at number 12? Yeah, so another guy you guys already named, Russell Westbrook at 12, like I said earlier. Uh, it does feel kind of disrespectful as last three or four seasons, he's averaged a triple-double and the only concern I have is now that he's in L.A., he's going to be the third scoring option. And I feel like LeBron is going to be the guy who's dribbling most of the time. So, yeah, I feel like Le uh, Westbrook's not going to be used to his best capabilities in L.A., but his assist numbers should go up. Like I said, for LeBron, he's playing on an amazing team. So he's got very talented players to pass to. but. I think the points and rebounds take a hit as he's going to be playing with LeBron and AD. Yeah, um, I definitely understand the concern that you've sort of baked in with Westbrook, but correct me if I'm wrong. When he went to the Rockets, they had a lot of questions about him playing with Harden and they ended up working it out. He was still able to average his, his uh, numbers, uh, whether it was points, rebounds, assists. Uh, so I, I'm really not um, under the same concern as you are when it comes to Westbrook. I think that he might not average a triple-double, but I know he'll definitely be close to it. He's definitely going to attempt to get there over the course of the season. Um, I guess just getting into some sleepers. I have a couple guys for sleepers that I know you guys had in your top 12, but I didn't feel like made my top 12. Uh, one of them is De'Aaron Fox. Um, I definitely agree with a lot of the points you guys made. Definitely a guy that could uh, break out as he is the number one option there uh, in Sacramento. Um, I also uh, have John Morant here. He also didn't make my top 12, but I definitely agree with all your points. My only concern with him is all of the options that are sort of being brought into Memphis, uh, whether that cuts into his playing time or not, his resting time or not, uh, we don't know about that. Uh, definitely with a lot of depth that can happen. Uh, they feel like that, you know, maybe they don't need to play him as many minutes. So maybe that might hurt John Morant a little bit. So that's a little bit of a concern I had. So I didn't put him quite in my top 12. But I guess, uh, Mete, this time I'll bounce to you. I guess just any guys that were maybe on our list or maybe some uh, sleepers you have outside the top 12. Yeah, I mean, Simmons could definitely be a sleeper. I mean, a lot of guys are hating on him right now since he hasn't been shooting the three-pointer, but I'm seeing videos on Instagram. He's uh, practicing with Rondo, I think, shooting the three-pointer. So, yeah, he could be another guy who can make the top 12 easily as he can get triple doubles. He even gives you great. Uh, defensive numbers as he's 610 point guard so yeah he's definitely a sleeper I think and I don't know if you guys talked about him but Jamal Murray could also be a sleeper uh, he definitely had a, a breakout year last season I'd say in the term that he had a career year and injuries cut it short now that he's returning he's kind of forgotten about so I think he could be a sleeper as well yeah, Terry, I think you might have had something to say there about Ben Simmons. And I guess after, just give us your sort of sleepers. Uh, 
Let me just go to my sleepers first. Honestly, I got to go with the Ball Brothers. Melo and Lonzo both, both going to put up tremendous seasons this upcoming year. I just have a feeling for that. Um, John Wall, I'm honestly on the fence about. Don't get me wrong. They have a – I don't know what to say for John Wall. Like, don't get me wrong. He should be starting when the season starts for Houston. But, I mean, they're going to be rebuilding. I don't know what your thoughts on that. But let me finish off by saying DeJounte Murray and Jamal Murray both. Uh, baby boy on San Antonio, he's basically given the reins of the offense now since the Rosen left. So, we'll figure out what he does. And then Jamal Murray, when he comes back from his injury, he'll probably go back to what he's been doing. Uh as a person that had Jamal Murray in the past on his fantasy team, you're going to have some nights where he just goes off like in the bubble. And then there's going to be nights where he just put up like pedestrian stats and that's what you get with him. But back to you guys on John Wall, if anything. Yeah, uh, definitely talking about uh, someone like John Wall. It's just going to depend on how much he plays. This is a young team. Uh, I don't know um, whether, like, I know last year he sat out a lot of the season, whether it was because of injuries, whatever it was, it's it's really tough to project him right now. I think it's hard uh, for most of us to see him in our top 12. I guess, Nate, any guys just outside or some guys that we mentioned that you might like? Um, I kind of liked the guys that you mentioned. Um, even with Wall, I think he had a good season last year in terms of his averages. He averaged Again, 20.6 points, three rebounds, seven assists, basically one steal, 0.8 blocks, which is really good for a guard. And I guess I have a couple of other guys that I think they could either um, maybe finish top 12 or they'll be like outside, I guess, like, I guess maybe Terry Rozier, Colin Sexton and Kyle Lowry, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely mentioned Kyle Lowry as well. I think that he definitely has an opportunity to, I guess, continue his career on the right track in, in Miami, definitely put up some good stats. And yeah, um, definitely uh, John Wall, assuming that he, I guess, just fits well with the team and they play him in that that role that he should be used as. He'll definitely be a solid player in fantasy. Um, I guess, Mete, just any last thoughts on point guards? Uh, I mean, so many talented players in this league. It's always hard to rank these, but yeah, uh, my rankings are my own opinion and you might not agree with them, but at the end of the day, everyone has different opinions. And like I said before, I usually like to go for more of the breakout candidates. So it could be kind of risky picks, but it definitely has a high reward, I feel like. Yeah, I definitely noticed that about your list. You definitely targeted a lot of the young guys. Uh, you were a little more bold than the rest of us. And I mean, uh, as I've seen in leagues that I've played in, uh, I guess people that do that, a lot of times it, it does work out. And, um, you know, uh, just targeting those young guys, expecting breakouts. I know um, I was in a league where someone targeted Luca when maybe, you know, uh, we didn't know how it would turn out. And I mean, he had his breakout year and, you know, the, the guy almost won the league, if not won the whole thing. So um, yeah, targeting those young point guards, expecting breakouts. I really liked how bold you were with a guy like LaMelo Ball. Um, so yeah, we can definitely see a lot of that. I guess, Terry, any last thoughts? Uh, not really any last thoughts. It's uh, actually a good question. Uh, do you honestly think, Mente, that Frederick Van Vliet is going to have a better year than Benson? Yeah, I think he's got a better uh, option, too. I mean, not option, but he's in a better scenario. Like I said, uh, Siakam's hurt, Lowry's gone, so he's going to get probably 20-plus uh, shots a night, and yeah, I think he's in for a good year. Follow-up question before it goes back to James. Do you feel like his percentages will increase from last year, or do you feel like because he needs to be taking more than 20 shots a night, it's going to keep his field goal number under what it was from last year? Yeah, I think he will uh, be more efficient because, I mean, 39% already is kind of low, and he's just entering his prime, so... Yeah, I think he's definitely could improve as 
being a Raptors fan, watching almost every game, he's definitely one of our better players, and I believe in him. I think he's got great potential, and since he's entering his prime, I think he's about to show the world what he can do. Yeah, and um, I mean, I have both of them pretty close in my ranking. I have Simmons at 8 and Van Vliet at 10. Uh, I just feel like I'm getting that that safer coverage with someone like Ben Simmons, but they cover different categories. So it's it's kind of hard. It, it just depends on what you need on your team when you're going to the draft board. Um, they should be selected around the same area in my mind or when it comes uh, to drafting. And then uh, you just see which categories you're looking to target and then you draft that specific player. So I guess that's my opinion on the whole debate between those two. Um, and then just getting to you, Nate, any last thoughts? Um. I guess I have a few. I guess I'll start with just like kind of general thoughts about drafting guards. My feeling is like, don't try to like uh, reach for guards, if that makes sense. Like just try to pick the guards that are kind of close to your spot, if that makes sense. And I guess for the whole Fred Van Fleet thing, um, I guess my concern is kind of just like last year with the Raptors in general, they, they, tend, they tended to go on cold streaks and that kind of, I felt like that made Van Fleet feel like he had to take um, more shots than maybe he felt like he would normally if it was like on a team that didn't have uh, more cold streaks. So that might have contributed to his kind of um, efficiency concerns. So it's going to kind of depend on if um, the Raptors as a whole are good in terms of shooting or not. That's going to affect his efficiency a lot. And I guess... I was wondering about um, what you guys think about, um, I guess, LeBron James, if we're going to consider him a point guard. Um, I think his last three seasons, he hasn't um, played more than 70 games. So I was wondering what you guys think about that when it comes to fantasy. James, you want to go Terry, go ahead. You go uh, ahead. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, as I said earlier, when it came to Mentis ranking, uh, we already know who's that point guard down in the other locker room in LA. So with that being said, I feel like that put some pressure off of LeBron to be the main ball handler and gives him a chance to develop an off-ball game where maybe in prior seasons, he didn't have that opportunity. So this year, I feel, I know Yahoo and ESPN, they won't change it probably until the end of the year, maybe halfway through the year. We don't know how it goes in their minds, but honestly, I don't consider him a point guard. Even though a lot of people may say, oh, he's still a facilitator, he still does this, he still does that. In my mind, I understand that, I respect that, but in the locker room currently, there's a reason why you brought in Russell Brody Westbrook, so let him play point guard. But I don't know. James, what's your opinion? Yeah, um, just in terms of that, I agree with you with the fact that, uh, yeah, Westbrook's now the point guard there, so I feel like LeBron's going to go back to his role at small forward slash power forward, depending on what kind of lineup they play. Um, and the only thing I disagree with you on is the fact that I think Yahoo and ESPN are probably going to change it before the start of this coming season. I feel like they're going to remove his eligibility because usually um, from my experience with those leagues, whether it's hockey or it's uh, basketball, um, they always make changes to player eligibilities before the start of the season. Um, players that were try eligible usually lose that heading into the next season. So I feel like a player like LeBron is going to lose his try eligibility, but uh, Mete, let me get to you. You're the one that ranked LeBron. I just want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not saying he's going to be point guard this season, but right now he's listed as a point guard in ESPN and Yahoo. So at the moment I have to put him on my list as if you're asking me to rank the top 12 guys, uh, he's definitely got to be in there, especially if he's eligible. But if he does lose that eligibility like you guys are predicting, then, I mean, I'd have no choice but to take him out. But for the time, he's uh, eligible. So I'm going to put him in the list, you know? There you Let go. One more thing in. Let me get one more thing in. All right. With that being said, with uh, Mente's prior statement, would you put Devin Booker in the top 12? since he has point guard eligibility? Uh, I wouldn't because, like I said, uh, I'm projecting a lot of breakouts. And so at this point, Booker, I feel like he's not the greatest passer. He doesn't get too many 
rebounds as well. So I feel like the guys I listed here have more of an upside than him. And that's why I left him out. He's honestly a guy I forgot to mention in my honorable mention. He definitely could make top 12, but in my opinion, I don't have him as a top 12 guy right now. All right. And um, I guess just one thing to close up uh, in terms of Devin Booker, um, I guess there is a chance that he might lose his point guard eligibility. But like we said, for right now, if a player still has the eligibility, we're free to rank him uh, within our, our top 12 point guards. But I think that's going to be the end of this big time basketball episode. Just make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Definitely uh, go listen to the podcast. We're on Spotify apple podcast google Podcasts. we're on youtube as well for the video so like subscribe share uh click the bell for notifications on youtube leave us a review all that good stuff and uh guys it was great uh, talking about the point guards being able to rank them out um it was a great episode this week and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode